Hello everyone and welcome to fifth episode of Glory Hunting Fans and I'm really excited to welcome Sara to today's episode and I follow Sara from around three four years now or <laughs> if I if I remember correctly I follow her right from the start because I followed United and she's one of the most more vocal person when it comes to cursing United on the game days and probably that's how we met. Um, <laughs> it's very uh, nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's the same. Uh, United gives us as much uh, pleasure as pain, but we love love it that way. So we, I'll give it to Sarah to give a small introduction about yourself. Okay. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm 24 and I live in Preston. Um, I'm a massive United fan, um, mostly through my dad. Um, and I've followed football since, oh my gosh, as long as I can remember. Yeah, that, that will pretty much sum it up. Yeah, uh, I mostly talk to people who have followed United abroad, following them by either by somebody they know, or, but usually it's because that was something cool when we were growing up and there was a time in our life when suddenly we started having football telecasted on TVs and it was something new and everyone just loved it. It was probably somewhere around 2001-2002. United weren't the best team but most people either supported United or Arsenal at that point at least from, from where I come from and that's how it is but how does it work out for you? Uh, does Did your father used to travel to United or was he used to follow at home? Um, what used to happen mostly, um, my dad would have the games on TV and he never kind of envisaged that his little girl would end up into football, you know. <laughs> he yeah. never he never really planned on it. He never had me in United kits or anything. But he used to have the games on TV and I, I gradually grew an interest that way. I, can't, I, ne- I always say this, I never chose to support United in the sense, even though I do. Um, it was mostly because they were the first team I ever watched. They were my dad's team. We used to go on games together. Um, he'd take me on. And after he realised that, oh, she's quite into this, you know, I think really he benefited from it because, you know, he could take me on games. And, he, you know, it was just a really fun experience. And, you know, when I was when I was little, I remember watching players like um, David Beckham because they were kind of the first players that were ever in my in my kind of footballing life, you know, because I remember you were talking about Arsenal and I remember watching the old games United against Arsenal. You used to see Roy Keane against Patrick Vieira and it was just, it was quality and I miss that so much with Arsenal, I've got to admit. But that that was kind of the first thing that I ever did and, you know, I have my old little uh, Vodafone t-shirts I don't and the tips themselves, I had the red little Vodafone shirts and, they were, they were just really happy memories, really. Yeah, I guess uh, that was a quality time, probably the father-daughter time that you guys you had. Also, I guess that's in you, your father found somebody to discuss football in at home. That must be a good thing. We um, we, we often had great big um, football debates, I must admit, and... Um, it was quite funny because we used to go into the pubs and everything and um, they did nobody kind of expected a girl to be into football. So whenever I used to chirp up into the conversations, my dad's friends used to kind of look around and be like, 
Oh, okay. What's all this about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that must be different. Yeah. Definitely. Do you remember the first game that you went to, whether home or away? Oh, the first game I ever went to. Oh, now, it was a good few years after I first started watching United. I'm trying to think back now. The first game that I can honestly say that I remember clearly is um, it was City at home, actually. And Tevez had just gone to City. Or was he just gone to City at the time? I know we definitely won the match. We won 2-1. And um, Jason Park scored. And I I remember this clearly. I went on games before that, but I can't really recall them because I was quite young at the time. Um, But that was one of the first real games I went on that I can remember. And I know what we did because it was my 16th birthday, actually. And my dad bought us little tickets for City at home. And I think the week after, it was Liverpool at home. So I kind of had the double header for my 16th birthday. And we won both games, which was even better. (laughs) Yeah, but that must be quite a gift. And definitely, it must have, definitely. And it must have been quite hard to get those tickets as well because those are the most in-demand tickets for United. They are. And you know what? It's not easy to get tickets at United. Um, you know, um, you've got to go through the membership and everything else. And it's quite costly, you know, but that's a completely different debate in itself. Yeah. But, you know, it's costly, but I think once you've got the tickets, it's totally worth it because when you... When you set foot into Old Trafford, even now, and I've been, oh my gosh, so many times, you, you set foot and you could not believe how big stadium is. You know, it's just it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, I felt the same because I used to follow from TV, but the first thing I did after coming here was apply for a season ticket and I was surprised that I could get it. It was, su- it was such a nice year, the, the year before. Uh, I almost attended all home games. I there apart from few official issues when I had to give my ticket away to somebody else. But I I would never uh, forget those things, and I hope there are a lot more matches to f- go and cover. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, you had the season ticket this year as well, right? I did have a season ticket, and I got one for the last season, um, but unfortunately, um, adulthood hit, and um, I bought my own house, which came with a great yeah. deal of problems, and then when you're looking financially, you know, there's some, you know, as much as football is one of the most important things in my life, I kind of needed heating in my house, so <laughs> yeah. I ended up. I ended up having to pay for various elements of my house and was like, yeah, I can't really afford this at the minute. So it was more of an unfortunate circumstance. But I got on to quite a number of games, you know, for the first half of the season, um, which was really, really fun. And um, I'd really recommend it to anybody. Yeah, sure. Uh, I guess you had a better of the season than mine because I ended up watching a lot of nil-nils and... And luckily, I was at the Stratford end, so I got to see the only goals in those one nil games that everyone cribbed about. So, oh wow, <laughs> it wasn't bad. I could have been in the other end and not see any of the goals. <laughs> so, <laughs> not bad. Uh, yeah, the opinion that I had traveling and watching United was that it wasn't all about football. Like, definitely the, not. The people who follow United 
follow United because it's part of their life, it's part of their daily or weekly course and they see their friends, the atmosphere, the the debates that people go through, the drinks they have. That's more of people's life than the football itself. Yes, it feels like football in that way is just a distraction or just a topic to discuss, but everything else is so much more important. Uh, what was your opinion? Well, you know, on a game day, um, I used to, because I've met quite a few people on matches themselves, and I used to actually go up with um, a friend of mine who I bet is from round your neck of the woods, actually, um, when he was at university. And um, we used to meet people, you know, and like, you know, even just going for a burger, you know, you used to get talking to people. And um, it was really, really cool. And, um, and as well, when I had my season ticket for the first half of the season, um, I used to sit next to some really cool people and you just get talking. I think it's kind of, especially with where we are, I mean, I'm only an hour away from Manchester as well. Um, so I, you kind of get it that a lot of northern people in general are all very kind of chatty and laid back. Um, so we kind of talk to anybody. It's that kind of thing. And one of my favourite memories of like a game and meeting people, we um, we we got on the tram basically with these two guys, and because it was the first time at Old Trafford, they weren't really sure like of the surroundings. So me and my friend we were kind of like, yeah, come along with <laughs> us, it's fine. And um, it was Ajax actually in the Europa League. And um, I'll always remember this till the day I die. We were on the tram and. There were Ajax fans. They, they weren't being like raucous or anything like that. They were they were singing their heads off, and um, there was a good bunch of them. But what amused me the next thing is they were singing Luis Suarez songs <laughs> at United fans, yeah. and United fans, as like a small group, started singing Feyenoord songs back at them <laughs> in Dutch. And I was like, how how do you even know Feyenoord songs in Dutch? What what the heck? But it was so so funny. But I think with football, it isn't just about the football. I think it's the experience as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love it. I've never had one bad experience at Old Trafford. Not one. And mm. it's just it's just so much fun. I love it. Yeah. Uh, even if you start, like, just right from the point you reach the station, go to the tram station, there are people so helpful. And once you get down at the tram station or you walk down, the ladies at the burger stalls, there's... They are so nice and humble and they, they want Definitely. to talk and discuss stuff. And because most days I used to, because I didn't want to take the rush train, I used to always take the last train of the of the night. So I used to walk from Old Trafford back up to the Piccadilly station. And you would always yeah. have people who walk along with you, people who live in city centre or people who live in that area. Everyone just wants to talk. It's such a nice feeling that they don't look at you like different. Like even if people who have just come for a match, they feel so much part of it. I think that's a big drawing point for people who come and watch games at Old Trafford. Definitely. Would definitely agree with that. Yeah. So, so you said it's an hour away, right? So or how do you used to manage traveling? Because for me, it used to be a full day work. I used to probably get up at 6 a.m. and had to travel to see a mid midday game. I hope it wasn't that much for you. 
No, it was never it was never too bad for me whenever I go to games um, because I live quite locally to our train station in Preston. So I literally just hop on the train to um, Manchester. I us- what I usually do from me from where I live. I usually get on at Oxford Road and, um, and then get the tram down to actually in the ground. Sorry, the train into the ground itself. Okay. Um, that's what I did a lot of the time. And um, to be honest, it would probably take me just over an hour to get there. So it wasn't really that bad. I yeah. can't really complain. But obviously, United have got fans all over the world. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. And, you know, I've seen people come up from like Australia, Brazil. And it's like, it's crazy. It, it's awesome, don't get me wrong. But it's crazy because I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, I think I've got commitment. But these guys are just like, wow, so crazy commitment. Yeah, it- just to explain you when when we were following united it used to be part of the day like and one way it was good because the time at which the games are telecasted it becomes part of your life without actually affecting it because what happens here is if you have a 3 pm game or a 5 pm game on a weekend you might have your own commitments which you have to do whereas if you are following it in asia or somewhere else it's late night games so you could do everything of your life and come back and chill and just watch the game so it never actually interferes with your normal commitments given the timeline so that's part of reason why it's so popular and people can follow it regular other thing is obviously it's not as expensive as it is here to follow a game and that thing still surprises me because when I go back home, you could probably pay something like fifteen pounds a month, and you could get every game telecasted. Every game. Wow. They they have eight channels in HD telecasting every possible game, so you can't miss it. I feel bad that you come closer and you still can't watch a game <laughs> because of rif- different reasons. See, that's something which I could never understand when I came here. Yeah, and um, the thing with the channels here now, I mean, there's been a lot of a bidding war, basically. You know, you've had Sky for many years, have a lot of the games, and, you know, it was a silly price, but, you know, you, you kind of you kind of grit your teeth and got on with it, really. Um, but now you've got BT Sport, yeah. who have taken over, obviously, you've got the Champions League and the Europa League, and then people who have Sky Sports subscriptions are kind of like, mm, well, you know, what am I really paying for? Yeah. But at the same time, if you want that full experience of, you know, watching whatever games you want to watch, you know, whether you're into the Premier League, you're into La Liga, or you're into, you know, Serie A maybe, you know, you've got to have all of the channels. But then the price starts racking up. And um, and you start to think, you know, wow, is it really worth it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I mean, it's a shame, really, because the pricing people out of games. I mean, I mean, it's expensive enough to get on a match, but I'm always jealous. I've got a friend who lives in Boston, and um, she she's a lot like yourselves, and um, you know, she's up early to watch matches, or she's up really late, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but on my NBC and channels like that, she's like, oh, I've got all the three pm kickoffs and. You know, and I look at it sometimes and think, oh, man, I wish we had that, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's crazy that the Premier League, you know, we they, you know, you guys in different countries can get all these games. And, you know, we only have like a small selection. It's like, wow. I mean, I understand it to an extent because they don't do the 3 p.m. kickoffs to try and get people on the games. And I understand that to an extent. But, 
you know, you, you read things now. I mean, there's a great deal of debate and discussion about people using these cordy boxes. Yeah. And, um, but, and they're described, people are being described as criminals. And <laughs> it's like, well, I just think it's very harsh, you know what I mean? You know, considering how many people are being priced out of watching the sport they love, you know? Yeah. I just think it's very harsh at times. Yeah, I think it's, you are giving incentive for people to use such a thing if you price it at a range where people can't afford it with their normal earnings anyways. Like, if it would have been reasonable and then you ask people not to use, probably that works better. Yeah, I, I, I think there should be a better system, really, because, I mean, BT Sport, I mean, I can't remember the exact figures, but... I remember like hearing how much they paid for all these Champions League rights and everything, and it's actually just crazy. It's crazy money. But when you think, you know, are they going to start losing money because people are getting to the point that they can't afford to pay for BT Sport, pay for Sky Sports, and you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm only 24 and I kind of make myself sound a bit old, but. I kind of miss the days when you'd get like Champions League nights on ITV, yeah. even Europa League on Channel 5. I mean, you know, we always used to joke, didn't we? Yeah. Thursday nights, Channel 5, <laughs> you know. Thursday nights, BT Sport doesn't really sound the sound the really have the same ring to it, you know. Yeah. So, But I kind of miss the free-to-wear kind of game, you know. It was so much fun, but... I just feel a bit sorry for, you know, maybe the little girls and the little boys, you know, that were like me and kind of got into the dad's football team that, you know, the lower the lower earners might not be able to afford Sky Sports and BT Sports. So they're kind of missing out on that experience of watching games with the parents like I did. Yeah, that, that's a big, that's a good point. Yeah. So changing the topic to a little positive one. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah positivity it's Friday <laughs> yeah so so you said that you you followed it with your father who was your father's favorite player and who did he talk about oh my dad's favorite player oh sorry about that Miles is having a bit of a bark <laughs> um, <laughs> um my dad's favorite player was always um George Best George Best because um, he he started supporting United in the early sixties if I remember rightly. Um, he always liked his, he always liked to um, brag that he saw us win the cup in '68 and everything else. Yeah. Um, but his favorite player was definitely George Best. He used to say he was the best he ever saw. Um, but you know he he often talks about obviously the the Holy Trinity as United fans say in um, Bobby Charlton, Dennis Law. And uh, George Best, yeah. he um, always used to talk about them players. Um, but I always remember a conversation I had with him, and um, he said about Ronaldo when he was at United, and he always used to say that pound for pound he was the, one of the best players he'd seen since you know the likes of George Best and Bobby Charlton, Dennis Law, you know them players he remembers growing up with. Um, he always used to speak about them a heck of a lot. Yeah, you could you could say that like. I remember those early days of 2004-05 when he came in against Bolton and the skinny guy with those flashy hairstyle. But at least whenever he had the ball, the whole stadium was waiting for something to happen. Even if we knew that he's going to probably dribble too much or fall down or do something. But there was always expectation that something was going to happen. And I haven't seen that 
same kind of feeling come back again because now players are more orchestrated and what do you say trained in a way to do something you don't have that what you would call yeah it, definitely we don't have that same kind of Ronaldo player anymore which is a real shame but you know at the end of the day Ronaldo was literally one in a million wasn't he <laughs> yeah yeah I feel lucky that he was part of the club and we saw him for whatever time we had Definitely, yeah, definitely. There's no point worrying about uh, him leaving because that's what he wanted. So that's true. And who was your favorite player when you started following United? See, this this was a funny thing because I, when I first started watching United, it was the era when the entire world was obsessed with David Beckham. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I love David Beckham. I worship the man. Love him to bits. But my all-time favorite player was Ruud van Nistelrooy. Um, I absolutely loved that guy. And when he left to go to Real Madrid, oh my gosh, I, <laughs> I sulked about that for about a week afterwards. Yeah. And um, I, I used to love him at first when I was like younger. I used to think, oh, he just scores all the goals. He's awesome. But And then I started to appreciate, you know, what just what a brilliant player he was. And I, he's definitely... I mean, I always say that like ability alone, Ronaldo is obviously the best player I've seen in my lifetime. But... I think Van Nistelrooy and his ability in the box, you know, there's very, very few strikers who are like him these days. And he, I think he will always be my favourite player. And I'll always remember being a kid and um, watching Holland's games, purely yeah. for him. Yeah. I used to sit and watch, like, the Euros and the World Cup. And, like, there used to be people, like, walking past, like, if we ever <laughs> went into the pub, and they yeah. used to go, like... Why is she not watching Holland against Sweden? And my dad would just go, Van Nistelrooy playing, don't ask. <laughs> so, yeah, I used to absolutely love that guy. And um, I still do to this day. I remember um, following his career when he went to, obviously, Malaga. And he went to Hamburg yeah. towards the end of his career. And um, I actually went to Soccer Aid, I think it was about three or four years ago, okay. when, he was, when he was due to play. Because, you know, I, I always love going to them things anyway, because it's a great charity event. Yeah. But... I was more motivated because Van Nistelrooy was back at Old Trafford. <laughs> I was like, I said to my friend, I said, we aren't going. But he ended up pulling out last minute. Okay. I was like, oh no. But I got to see Clarence Seedorf and uh, Maldini. So it wasn't really, it wasn't really, you know, a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't complain too much. Yeah. And today they declared that Anderson is back for Carrick's game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although injured and... Like always, not going to play, but probably is going to make faces again. Not bad. Oh, Carrick's testimonials are yeah. going to be something. Did you hear about Anderson? Yeah, that's what I'm telling about, yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah, these things are funny, but I guess that's fine. And it's going to be on ITV, so that's be fine. That's something I'm looking forward to. So, uh, moving on. So, we know what happened this season. So, if you had to choose one player from any previous United team who you think would make biggest impact in the the team that we had this season, and you can't pick, oh. and you can't pick Nistelrooy. Oh, interesting. Now, my I'd, I'd, my mind goes straight to Ronaldo because Ronaldo would literally make something out of nothing, you know. Yeah. You know, we could be one nil down in a game and he'd pull the entire team forward and, you know, he'd he'd win the game for us. 
But if I had to pick one player that I think would make a difference, it'd be Paul Scholes. Because so often this season, United have just been lacking that kind of final, the real cutting edge, really. And, yeah. you know, Scholes, especially when he played in like that deep light and playmaker position, and he was just pinging balls right, left and centre. And um, he was just he was just something else to watch. And I think if I had to pick one player and not just come up with the generic answer of bring back Ronaldo, um, <laughs> I think it would definitely be Paul Scholes purely because the amount of balls that he could have put forward for Martial when he played and Rashford would have just been insane. I, I just love him out. <laughs> Who doesn't? That's the question. Yeah, that's a great answer. Previously, others have usually called out Nestor Roy. And schools, the one person which oh, yes. and one person which I felt would have made more dif- most difference is was the peak Rio Ferdinand because I'm so oh, yes. because I'm oh, so pissed yeah. off watching Smalling struggle on ball and just hoofing it around because he can't deal with it. I feel like it would have taken all that jitteriness back away from the defense and probably our forwards would have played much better. That's just Definitely. my hope, yeah. yeah. I miss. I just kind of miss the days of a really strong United defence, you know, that that defence with Everett, Ferdinand and Vidic and Van der Sar in net when we just never conceded. Yeah. It was just beautiful. It was just beautiful. Was, but I think the good times are coming, though. I, I, have, I have a good feeling because the likes of Bailly and... Um, now, the likes of Bailly, hopefully, fingers crossed, we keep David De Gea, which if we don't, I'm going to like cry or something. <laughs> um, but I think with the likes of them, we have a strong foundation. I mean, we've been linked to Varane in uh, Real Madrid. I yeah. don't know if that's the correct pronunciation of his name, but um, we've been linked to him. And I just think if we got someone like him, it would just be, it'd be the icing on the cake, really. And to think that he didn't join United because of Phil Jones. Oh, God, Phil Jones. Oh, do you know, Fergie once said he was the next Duncan Edwards. Yeah. And to be fair to the guy, he... For me, Phil Jones is either brilliant or he's shocking. I don't think he ever has an okay passable game. He either has a brilliant game or he's shocking to me. And um, I just think that the amount of injuries that he's had over the last, over the last few years. I don't know whether he can ever make it as like a mainstay in the United team, but who knows? Yeah. Then given the amount of changes that are happening in in the team this season, I'm not sure we are going to get rid of everyone. So I'm pretty sure he'll be around next season and we'll see. I think he will be as well. Yeah. And, and what do you make of the Rooney situation? Um, the Rooney situation is a very funny one because, um, you know, as many people will know, a lot of United fans have been very critical. I can even include myself in that one, but a lot of United fans have been very critical towards Rooney. And it's kind of hard to be critical towards him because he's the club's all-time leading goal scorer. You know, you think, well, you know, if you're an outsider looking in and don't watch United on a week-by-week basis... You're thinking, what? Why are these fans criticising a guy who scored like 250 goals for them? Yeah. But you know, for the last couple of seasons now, I mean, it's he's just been like a painful decline, and you know, you just look sometimes and just think, oh dear. But 
now I think with someone like Mourinho who you know we finally got I had a manager Paul Fergie you know, who I feel knows what he's doing and he's he's kind of played a bit part role which do you know what I can I can't say bad things about Rooney because you know at the end of the day he's given us more happy moments than he yeah. has you know annoying moments but you know I would personally I think that his time has come to an end at United and I think it would be nice for him if he went back to somewhere like Everton maybe saw the last couple of seasons of his career out playing like a bit part role I think I think that would be good for him but you know you can't say bad things about a guy who's your all-time league goal scorer but I think his time has come to an end at United. That's true but also other thing is that the guy has been such a good team player all throughout his life. Yes, he had situations with his contract, but on the pitch, he never usually disappointed. disappointed No, I mean, a lot of people have said, well, he's only scored this amount and he's a striker, but what people don't remember is, you know, even think back to the days of Ronaldo and Tevez, you know, Rooney was often on the wing, you know, he's played on the wing, he's played in midfield, he's played up front, he's played as a number 10, you know, he's played in so many different positions. So when you look at him and think, right, well, this guy's the top goal scorer of Manchester United, that's a hell of an achievement, given the fact that he's played up front. He's never played up front his entire career. Um, so I think he deserves a hell of a lot of credit for that. Absolutely. Yeah, and I still remember that 2011-12 season when suddenly he found his goal-scoring touch and those goals away at Bayern Munich. When oh, he was God. playing alone up front, nobody expected us to do well, but he used to carry the team. So Definitely, he carried us that season, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, And the season when we we got Van Persie, he, he still sacrificed, he played back, he, he created so many of them for Van Persie. People don't look at it like that, but I respect him for being the team player, even if you look at this season. Jose, jo- Jose played him in all the yeah. Jose played him in all the useless games, and he never complained. He still played. He did what he had to do, and actually, I felt like if it would have been somebody else with an ego, he would have probably made a mess of it and probably created an awkward situation. But I hope yeah, very best of luck for him wherever he goes, and I hope he does well and. Uh, I'm not sure whether he can do well in the English team in the World Cup next, but best of luck to him. I think the likes of Harry, I, I, I can't really see Rooney playing much of a part in maybe the next World Cup because you know you've got you know Harry Kane coming through. You know Harry Kane, well he's a mainstay in the team, yeah. not coming through. But <laughs> you know you, you you start Harry Kane and Rashford any day of the week, don't you? When it comes to English strikers, yeah. You know Harry Kane, you know was supposedly a one season wonder and the <laughs> lad's still doing it. Yeah. You know, I mean I can see why people jump to that conclusion after he had such a great season, but you know he, the guys continued to do it and he's he's absolutely quality. And um, him and Rashford, I really. Yeah, it's quite exciting looking at the England team of the future because even like away from United, there's players like Deli Alley and Kane that I can really appreciate. Yeah. And um, I just think that, you know, we have this golden generation including Ferdinand, Rooney, Gerard, Lampard, and it didn't really come to pass for England because they've never won anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the future is very exciting. I'm just not sure whether Rooney will be a part of it, but... Who knows what's in Gareth Southgate's mind? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 
okay just moving ahead to next season so all of us have heard tons and tons of rumors and it's just second of june and two days of transfer window being open if you would have been somebody to give a suggestion to jose or jose rather who would you like to see united bring well that's the uh, million dollar question isn't it i think for a start we need another we need another center back um i think van would have been an excellent option i mean i don't know whether we'd get him without throwing De Gea in to sweeten the deal and yeah. to be honest I wouldn't want that I'd rather keep De Gea and not have Baran because I, I, I'd rather do that but I, you know it's funny because you, I say to myself oh we really need a centre back you know somebody who can be a really strong partner to Eric Bailly yeah. but at the same time who who is the you know who who can you honestly pick apart from Baran who'll probably cost us a small fortune but yeah. not that it matters to us as fans <laughs> but I think that a centre back was definitely needed. I'd like to see another. I'd like to see a winger. I, you know, I'd like to see maybe a winger a playmaker in the lines of Griezmann. I don't think that's going to happen now because Atletico Madrid have had that um, transfer ban put on them. Yeah. So it's kind of a winger playmaker. I'd like to see at United, either or, to be honest. I'd like to see someone in the ilk of Griezmann, but. You know, whether that's going to happen now, I thought club got that van, I can't see it. But I think that we really do need another striker because, you know, Ibrahimovic, as much as we all love the guy, and he, he did so, so well for us last season. You know, he, he's recovering from his injury. You know, he's 35, yeah, 35 yeah. years old. And, you know, he's not getting any younger, regardless of the real serious injuries he's just had. So whether he'll still be around at United next season is another thing. And you know we've we you know Rooney's on his way out. If he doesn't leave this this transfer window, he's he's going down and down. So we need to look at another striker alongside Rashford. But at the same time, I wouldn't want us. I wouldn't want Rashford's opportunities to be kind of you know decreased through another striker. But, I mean, I don't know what the plans is for the team, to be honest, because last, last season, as we can now call it, was it was just a crazy one, really, because it was formations here, different formations here. A lot of the time, I saw it as Mourinho wasn't sure what his best team was. Yeah. I mean, I don't think a lot of United fans were sure what the, what the best team was last season, um, so never mind the manager. But I just, I'd like to see three or four additions. That that would be nice, um, and to really get some spark into the team because a lot of it was just very laxadaisical last season, and, and you know I felt that we could have done well. It's not a, a, a thought of feeling that we could have done better. We should have done so much better, and you know I look back to games like Stoke at home when we drew one one. You know, really killing teams off that we should be we should be beating. Yeah. You know, and, and you look if you look at the amount of draws we had last season, it was just ridiculous. And if we'd have turned maybe half of them draws into wins, and um, you know, we could have easily got top four. Yeah. And that's yeah, what... but three or four players, someone who can provide a bit of spark into the team, that would suit me perfectly. Yeah. I feel the same. Given the situation with striker, we're surely going to get somebody. So I don't mind. I think so. Yeah, I don't mind if it's not a big name. It needs to fit the system, and given that 
we have seen the number of games United have. When Rashford got a chance, he still ran out of breath. So I feel like we could easily rotate and have two players and probably not hurt yeah, Rashford's Yeah, I think game. with Rashford, I mean, at the beginning of the season, Mourinho kind of got a lot of stick about it because yeah. it was like, oh, Rashford had this amazing season. Why are you not playing him? Yeah. But I think what a lot of people have to remember, he's 19 years old. You know, I mean, back in the day when Michael Owen, for example, yeah. he first started his career... You know, he was the big young English hope. You know, he played so many games mm. that in the latter end of his career, like his late twenties, kind yeah. of mid late twenties, he started with injuries. Yeah. And I mean, if players play too much, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have them niggling injuries. And I'd prefer for Rashford. Well, the way Mourinho's managed Rashford, in my opinion, has been perfect. He's still had opportunities, but he's not played him every game. He's not played every single game. You know, every week to the point he's going to have a Michael Owen-esque burnout. You yeah. know, the other thing which I feel is the midfield itself. Given that we have sold two players and we are really, really down on numbers, unless Jose is planning to play Mata in the midfield or Pereira back from loan, we need some bodies there just to cover given amount of games that Pogba and Herrera had to play. Definitely, yeah. definitely. We do we do need some cover in that area. Yeah. But um, for me, last season as well, Pogba, you know, he came in and we paid a ridiculous amount of money for him. You know, as fans, as a fan, I never think, oh, United shouldn't be spending that much money on a player because at the end of the day, they've got the money, you know, spend yeah. it. But with Pogba, he came in with such a big price tag and I feel he had a good season. I think that I'd like to see more from him, especially goal scoring. But I'd like to see more from Pogba. But I felt that last season that when Pogba wasn't in the team, then you could definitely tell. You know, yes. you could tell when he wasn't in the team. And but like you say, I think you know we've got Champions League next season. Thank God, thank God. <laughs> um, but I'd like to see more bodies so that Mourinho has that ability to rotate, you know, um, in, in games like the League Cup, the FA Cup, you know, even some Premier League games that we've still got players that he trusts, but we don't have to play Pogba every single damn game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I, given that what we have seen last summer, I know that probably they have somebody in their mind and they'll get what is needed for the team. And I think so as well. Yeah, that's why I'm not much worried. And uh, like most United fans are just freaking out because of these news. Even at start of the transfer window, I'm not worried about it. I feel no. we'll yeah, I feel we'll get what is needed. It doesn't have to be big names. It just need to fit the system and make the team play better than and make the players currently express themselves better I think if that's the case we'll do well definitely yeah okay so that's that's one part of it so what are your plans for next season are you planning to go watch more games I'm hoping to um, go and watch more games um, I'm planning on signing up for a membership um, next season so fingers crossed I'll be able to get some more games Um that, that's the plan and um, keep wherever I am, keep on supporting the team and yeah. um, entertaining people on Twitter, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and I got a message today saying that my money is taken from my account for membership, so... <laughs> oh, 
oh, that's good news. <laughs> You've got your membership. You can get booking those tickets and yeah. get on the game. Yeah, I'll see if I could book some games for Champions League so that I could go yeah, and I'd love that. stay I'd over. Yeah, I'd good old European nights in yeah. United. Yeah, I love going on Tuesday, probably staying a couple of days in Manchester and just wander, walk around Old Trafford with lights around and people everywhere. I just love evening Definitely. games at Old Trafford. Okay, I think we are coming to the close of it. And could you tell people where to follow you? You can you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is SarahMUFC93. If you feel like following any fans of any teams, I like a good discussion regardless. <laughs> yeah, I can watch for that. Uh, that's good. Yeah, it was nice talking to you, Sarah. And I hope you too. We, I can. I hope that we can do it again. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. You tell me when. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.